Questions and answers. Like is a midget psychic who escapes from a prison, a small medium at large. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk, radio, entertainment, and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggled under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me start by introducing tonight's guests. Firstly, the mysterious and elevescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather never wanted to believe that her dad was stealing from his job as a road worker, but when she got home, all the signs were there. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> Hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim had a brilliant idea this week of combining a watch with a belt, but soon realised it was a waste of time. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Finally on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and cables than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also a producer and sound mixer. Instead of the John, Greg calls his toilet Jim. Because that way it sounds better when he says he's going to the gym first thing every morning. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Craig. Hello. We are 
show 60 series 2 episode 60 can you believe that where's the cake there should be celebrations candles streamers silly hats balloons balloons everything <laughs> 60 <laughs> it's a fabulous fabulous number 60 is the number of seconds in a minute of course do you ever think a roman ever said what's the time and was told it's xx past vii <laughs> 60 is the highest score you can achieve with just one dart in the game of darts more of course can be scored if you throw a hedgehog 60 years of marriage is celebrated with a diamond anniversary most men don't know what happiness is until they get married and by then of course it's far too late <laughs> there is the age of 60 of course is considered to be the age we reach senior citizen status in many countries around the world i was once in the car with my elderly mother driving at a time when she wasn't snoring in the room next door and she went straight through a red light and didn't say anything but then she went through a second red light and i thought to myself i'm gonna have to say something and i said did you realize you just went through two red lights and she said, oh, was I driving? <laughs> <laughs> All of our shows are available for you. If you wish to go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, our archives of the last 60 shows are there for you to listen to our shows over the last three years. We have a Facebook site called More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories are much, much more is on there for you. Lots of videos, lots of photographs, too many stories to read out in one hour-long episode. I also have a Twitter account called Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We currently have 81,000 followers on there. If you wish to hear some of our outtakes, we have a YouTube channel called, that's very difficult to say, YouTube channel. Only for you. I managed the second time around. <laughs> it is called More Questions Than Answers with Adrian. I've been told it's very funny. And don't forget, I have a book out at the moment called How to Be a Christian Psychic. What the Bible says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators. Now, many of our listeners contact me on our Facebook and on our emails and i like reading this out every week tanya in australia has written hello from the land of oz we are catching up listening to your episodes right now keep uploading them please martin in new york has posted looking forward to tonight's show hurrah david in california has written this week that he had never heard of the word courgette before last week's show if you recall we had a joke a story because a courgette, I remember, is zucchini, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember we talked about pods, people yes. walking around at four, like a version of the body snatchers, mm -hmm. holding courgettes, zucchini under their arms. He says he never knew this before last week's show. And then he's heard it twice this week. It's, do you know when you learn a word for the first time and then you see and hear it everywhere? Mm -hmm. He's written to say that he never knew courgette before last week's show. And now he's seen it everywhere, twice in actual fact. Two courgettes <laughs> in one week. He's a very, very lucky man. He goes on to say, can he have two points? You know you're in America when an American wants two points for recognising a vegetable twice in the same week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling generous. So David starts the show on two points. We also had another interesting letter this week. If you recall, Heather, yeah. you spoke some weeks ago 
about meeting a gentleman called Bad Boy Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Do you just want to explain a little bit who Bad Boy Brian is? This was many years ago. What many. year? What when the world was black and white? Yes. How many years ago was this? What year was this? Can you recall? Uh, could have been nine years ago or more. Yeah. A whole nine years yeah. ago. Wow. It was a long time ago. It was. Almost a decade. It might have been 10. It might have been 12. I don't know. It was some, It was a blur. It's a whole blur. Yes. So you met a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Under what circumstances did you meet bad boy Brian? About three foot tall. He's th- yes, I'm under... <laughs> <laughs> He's of limited stature. This is true. Yes. Okay. And you had a photograph of him. We spoke about him on the show. Yes, he was part of an act. It was Midget Wrestling. Midget Wrestling. Fabulous. And you posted a photograph. They have these things on Facebook, don't they? Like Memory Monday and Throwback Thursday. Right. And And you posted, it's that long ago, it was a Polaroid photograph yes, if that gives you any indication <laughs> those of you old enough to remember polaroid photograph yes it was a polaroid photo of myself and one of my friends and bad boy brian and i posted it on facebook on the more questions and answers site now what remarkable thing happened almost a decade after this photograph was taken i got a message from bad boy brian and he friend requested me <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I just about fell off my chair. What project is he doing at the moment? Because he's left midget wrestling behind and he's no, now he's embracing. Still, he's Apparently, he still does that a little bit. He's got like a he's part of a midget entertainment group and his Facebook profile picture. He is part of Midget Kiss. <laughs> he is. This is just a joy. It's a reduced version yes, of Kiss. So instead of... He's singing Crazy Nights instead of Crazy, Crazy, Crazy Nights is where we are. It's yes. a limited, reduced version of Kiss. He was in Mall Cop 2. He was in Mall Cop 2, If you saw yes. Mall Cop 2 that was released in April, he was actually... On mm. Mall Cop 2 as Midget Kiss. Yes, as part of Midget Kiss. This That's is right. just a joy. We're connecting people <laughs> all around the world that had previously lost contact but that's just a joy so (laughs) hi to bad boy brian and i appreciate hearing and seeing all of your posts and emails so if you keep those coming like david who's currently on two points and in the lead i would love for you to do that we run into the first round that is ghosts and hauntings i have a story that says is this proof that richard the third haunts leicester cathedral These ghostly images might show the monarch's face in the cathedral's stone slabs. They were snapped by medium and psychic artist Christine Hamlet, 58, from Northwich, Cheshire, who believes she felt Richard's presence in the cathedral. Richard, who has often been vilified in history, was reinterred in the cathedral on the 26th of March 2015, after his remains were discovered in 2012. Christine, who visited the cathedral as a tourist, said, I felt totally calm inside the cathedral. I could feel a calming presence, and I think it may have been Richard. I always take pictures and send out my thoughts when I visit places, and when I look back at the pictures of the slabs afterwards, I was stunned. I saw Richard's face staring back at me. I felt drawn to Richard for quite some time, so it was a real privilege to visit. I did feel a bit strange. I'm used to reaching out to spirits, but I felt weirdly reassured. It was unusual. 
As soon as I arrived, I felt a calming, authoritative presence, and I was struck by how small the cathedral is on the inside. There's no doubt that Richard's tomb takes pride of place. She's hard to please, isn't she? Mm-hmm. I thought this huge, gothic, monolithic building dedicated to Christian worship for a thousand years was a little small on the inside. <laughs> Isn't that always the way with cathedrals? <laughs> they look big on the outside. Inside, you can barely get a sofa in and a TV. Mm, terrible. I've been Notre Dame, the same. I saw Notre Dame Cathedral. You could barely swing a cat in there. Canterbury Cathedral, you had to squeeze past people just to get to the restroom. Terrible. I don't know how they designed them. It's all these flying buttresses <laughs> taking up all the room. The much maligned king has had a tough time of it in the history books, but has enjoyed a bit of a revival since his remains were discovered three years ago. Christine believes that the spirits she felt in the cathedral were calm, content and finally at peace. She said, I felt like he was finally at peace and in its rightful place. A car park is no place for a king to be buried, but there was a peaceful aura around his tomb. It was as if his spirit appreciated being in a fit and proper place. Can I just mention that the car park actually came after the burial? I just want to make that clear. In 1485, they didn't say he was a terrible king. Let's just intern him in that car park over there. <laughs> I just want to make it sure that everyone knows that the car park came after the interment. We don't go around burying our kings in car parks. This is where we are. I wanted to pay my respects because he'd been given a bad press when he was king. I invite the spirits to reveal themselves to me and I take photographs. My friends call me the psychic paparazzi. I do readings using processed meat products. Does that make me the psychic pepperoni? I just thought I'd check. I better not go around actually telling people I have a psychic pepperoni because they'll think I'm using it as a pendulum. And that could be problematic. If you wish to see Terrible. my pepperoni pendulum telling psychic messages, just go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, and you will see King Richard's face matrixed into a paving slab in a cathedral that looks a lot smaller on the inside than the outside. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Do you have the guts to look this creepy doll in the eyes? You got them? I've got to see the doll first. Mm, she's not too creepy, actually. She's not that creepy. No, okay, I've... Kim, what have you got for me tonight? <laughs> Most people only need two seconds to figure out if this doll is creepy. From now until May 10th, people who log on to The Lineup, a site devoted to all things creepy, is hosting a live web stream of Anne. Anne belonged to, supposedly a 13-year-old girl who died in the early 1900s while being treated for tuberculosis at Waverly Hills Sanitarium Creepy. in I know in Louisville, Kentucky. The website spokeswoman Jennifer Johnson said they picked up Anne for $100 on eBay from a paranormal group in Ohio whose name she can't remember. What's stopping us as the International Paranormal Society yes. going to the thrift shop, mm -hmm. buying a load of dolls for $5, and then yes. saying creepy dolls from the International Paranormal Society, $100 each. We could all go out for a meal. We could all go on vacation. We have dozens. We dozens. have actually got a lot of dolls that have been given to us over the years. This is true. <laughs> and they're all very creepy. Uh they did a buy it now option and then they unboxed her last week and put her in a storage closet 
at their offices in New York. That's what every creepy doll wants, isn't it? To be thrown in a storage, storage closet. closet in the Why offices. would they buy her to put her in storage? That makes no sense. I I think they just wanted to keep her safe because they heard she was afraid of the dark. So they actually put a light in the storage closet okay. for her and they keep it on 24 hours a day. Or they so could they just say. bring her out. Or they could bring her out. People who want to see if Anne is haunted for themselves can view the live stream via YouTube. It may be slow going, but Johnson said a couple of bizarre things have already started to happen. Our live stream went dead at one point, and it turns out the computer cord was actually physically removed. And strangely, $100 went out of their PayPal account. <laughs> the timestamp on the computer said 827, a time when no one was in the office. No one. Johnson also says people have been having strange problems with their phones. And at one point during her phone conversation with HuffPost, the phone went dead completely. Couldn't have been a dropped call or anything. Because <laughs> that never happens in the Midwest, does never. it? Perfect. Every time. On the money. <laughs> with You've chatted. It would be easier sometimes to chat with people using two cocoa tins and 200 foot of string. Or Morris Code. Morris Code. <laughs> <laughs> this this is where we are, is it? Morris Code. That's right. Okay. Between now and May 10th, Anne will be tested, observed, and analyzed by paranormal experts and maybe dissected too. Who knows? Um, but she better not get used to her surroundings because she won't be at the office very long. Johnson said the website is holding an essay contest where people explain why they'd be the best home for a supposedly haunted doll. Get writing, Lee. Get ready, Lee. Get writing. Get writing. Oh, writing. Turn up your headphones. Turn, eh? What's that, dear? Eh? Up? What? Lee, I was shocked by being called by my last name. <laughs> well, if you write an essay, we could own another haunted doll, and it would be fabulous. The person who sends the most creative and heartfelt essay to the contest at thelineup.com will win Anne for their very own. Or I could just carry on writing my books. How would that be? How many words did I want? <laughs> it doesn't it say. It doesn't say. Okay. Johnson thinks that this is actually a good deal. And she doesn't seem at all malevolent, which is nice. Fantastic. Just get, what you need. Get writing, Lee. Get writing, Lee. <laughs> What are you, my, my publisher? <laughs> Let me finish the show and then we'll put a few sentences together. How's that? You shall have two wondrous points for being interesting and informative. A psychic detective who has been helping the family of a 15-year-old hit-and-run victim has said, I have a name. I know who killed Adam. Adam Jones was killed in a collision on March the 26th last year. Despite police efforts, his killer has never been caught. Psychic Diane Lazarus was called in by his family and has now claimed she has crucial information about the killer, which she is handing to the police. Do you think that's her real last name? Diane Lazarus, if you're a psychic. Lazarus was raised from the dead, wasn't he? You see where mm -hmm. we're going? Oh, I gotcha. Unlikely, I would suggest. She's discovered the first name of the driver, who she claims was probably a father and who worked in car sales and may have tattoos. May have. <laughs> so, so far, we're looking for someone who's driving a car in a hit-and-run incident that happens to be a father. Could have. Might be a father. Might be. Could have tattoos. She added, I feel he is having nightmares. He was speeding and he knows he is guilty. He should do the right thing and let Adam rest in peace. 
Adam's devastated mum, Mandy Rushton, said, We live in hope that people who may have information will come forward, do the decent thing and offer information to police, or that his killer will finally hand himself in. The teenager was hit by a VW borrower as he crossed the junction of Beaconview Road and Walsall Road in Stonecross, West Bromwich, after 7.30pm. The driver abandoned the vehicle and ran off without calling for help for Adam, who died at the scene for his injuries. A desperate Mandy turned to Diane, a psychic who names Bonnie Tyler among her list of celebrity clients, in a bid for information. Mandy said some people are sceptical about this kind of thing, but I am a true believer and I also believe Diane will give us the answers we have been waiting for. Diane, who lives in Wales, was the winner of Channel 5's Britain's Psychic Challenge. I've never heard of that show, Britain's Psychic Challenge. She's won this. I must be a really bad psychic if I'm British and a psychic and I've never heard of Britain's Psychic Challenge. Wow. It's a shocking thing. We'll look it up on YouTube. Her website says she frequently assists in court work and has been consulted a number of times on murder trials. If you wish to see that story, you can visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee, and I am moving to the lead on four points. Two anglers have honoured their late fisherman friend by turning his ashes into a bait that snared a monster 180-pound catch. Ron Hopper, 64, died from cancer before he could go on a much-anticipated fishing holiday to Thailand with friends Paul and Cliff. Just going to Thailand, sweetheart, with my two friends. Oh, don't worry, it's okay, we're just going fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. While Ron was on his deathbed, the trio agreed. Paul and Cliff, both 65, should take his ashes to the Far East with them and infuse them with a special bait mix to make boilies. The two fishermen named the special bait Purple Ronnie and cast off with it on the end of their lines through the nine-day trip. And their dedication to their late friend paid off as a whopping 12-stone Siamese carp, one of the biggest carp fish in the world, took a liking to his ashes it makes you want to go and dig your grandmother up doesn't it we'd have much more success (laughs) not really paul and cliff spent three hours reeling in the monster and afterwards when the adrenaline had worn off and they returned the fish alive and well to the lake they thanked ron for making the fishing gods look down on them paul said we were gutted that ron couldn't come on the trip because he was really looking forward to it but he was definitely with us when we caught the fish It seems like it was destiny we would use Ronnie to catch one of the biggest fish in the lake. It's what he would have wanted. You almost want to break a finger off, don't you, and just put it on a hook and see what comes along. Not really. Like pepperoni. (laughs) (laughs) Cliff added, I'm not a religious person, but it felt spiritual. It felt like Ron was there with us. I bet he's up there in heaven looking down, wearing white and playing a carp. After we caught the fish, I looked to the heavens and thanked Ron. Paul Cliff and Ron, all from Hull, East Yorkshire, went fishing in Thailand last year as a retirement present to themselves and enjoyed it so much they booked a return trip this spring. But Ron, who was a marine engineer, fell ill last December and was diagnosed with an aggressive liver cancer by his doctor, who gave him just weeks to live. Paul said it gave him enough time to think about what he wanted to do. A few days before he died, he asked us to take his ashes to Thailand and scatter them around the lake 
because he had really happy memories of the place. That's chum, isn't it? That's like throwing chum into the water. Yes. So you're already getting them interested is where we are. The pair got permission from the airline to carry the ashes on board in a sealed container and waited until they arrived in Thailand to make the bait mix. The world record for a Siamese carp is 134 pounds, but the International Game Fishing Association stopped listing them several years ago as they come from a protected species. It is believed to be the first time the 180-pound Siamese carp has been caught in the lake and it will now be nicknamed Ronnie in honour of the late angler. The three men are now part of Thai fishing legend. This needs to be a book or a film, doesn't it? <laughs> this needs to be fishing with the dead. There's a good line for a book. Or what about Deep Seeker Diver? There's oh, a winner. Gross. I love this show. You're looking at me confused. Yes, because I think I saw a picture of this. They made him into bait balls, right? Yes, boys. And that was their mix right yes they've mixed it all up so essentially they turned their friend into play-doh um possibly i don't think they squeezed him through a little head so all the hair came out but <laughs> do you want to be turned into play-doh not really are you sure we can make that happen <laughs> i could turn you by the end of the day into a stegosaurus great there we go look great. and a tyrannosaurus rex and they can fight one another different types of play-doh <laughs> So you do not want to be made into Play-Doh no, when no, you I die. <laughs> this reminds me of a lady I did a reading for recently and uh, her deceased husband, the ashes were put into gun cartridges and they took him hunting by putting the ashes in the cartridges of the shotguns. And it's a similar thing, isn't it? They went to a lot of effort. I think they should have just broken a finger off, dangled it in the water and that would have done the job. Oh, disgusting. It's a very odd thing to have your ashes turned into fish bait, is it not? <laughs> you can bring up the last story in the Ghosts and Hauntings round. And by Jove, you need the points, madam. Exorcism pastor assault claim. It was a slap punch. I'm going to get this demon out of you. Oh, look, I can see a demon in you, Heather. Oh. Oh, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> the, a nurse has described a bizarre community exorcism in Auckland where a traveling passenger allegedly punched her in the face to cleanse her of her demons. I'm going to cleanse your demons. <laughs> no, you're not. I am. <laughs> By the end of this show, your demons will be gone. I mean, it's a public service. You should be paying me for it. This is terrible. Can I take a run up? Those no. demons are very stubborn. No. Katina Shaviza or Shavasa. Shavasa. Yeah, something like that. I get that every time I go to the airport in this country, Shavasa. <laughs> Who works at Auckland City Hospital said the closed-fisted punch was so hard she became dizzy, her face swelled up, and she suffered a two-day headache. Yes, but the demon had gone. Yes, it was a slap, 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 punch, 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 and he said, I'm going to hit this demon out of you. Isn't that nice? Perfect. <laughs> the event at the Te Atu Atu Tu. Atu D2 Something what? like that. Yeah. South Community Center on April 3rd was the R2D2 Community yes. Center. Okay. Yes. It was Is led... Bad Boy Brian going to be playing R2D2? No, it okay. was Pastor Omoyo or Omeo, whatever. He is the head of the UK based Divine Apostolic ministries you're looking at me as if i know this guy uh, yeah i don't know maybe you do people say to me you, know you come Mayo? from do you come from london you must know john <laughs> yeah i know john yeah the guy who works in lumber of course i do 12 million people you must know john i don't know this guy no i know he comes from london i take this on board i don't know him oh, i'm sorry pastor moyo 
was advertised as a prophet of God who could deliver people from spiritual attacks, demons, and dysfunctional marriages. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to beat that marriage out of you. Fabulous. (laughs) Sign me up for two. Uh, He told the crowd of about 40 that all but three of them were possessed by demons (laughs) do you think demons can be localized to one specific area i I mean if you've got a demon stuck in your cheek do you see what i'm saying oh boy i know the pastor went on to punch or slap at least 20 people and later asked for donations (laughs) (laughs) it's hurting me more than it's hurting you it was pure witchcraft and just crazy um, Miss Show Me Your Visa, a 34 yep. year old mother, complained to the police and they spoke to several attendees but did not find enough evidence to warrant further investigation. Apart from the 20 assaults. That's right. Nobody, well, I'll come to that. According to Miss Show Us Your Visa, the pastor punched one young woman after telling her a demon was preventing her from getting married kicked a man in the back while he was lying on the ground, and hit some people so hard they fell to the ground. What a guy. Miss Show Us Your Visa said others did not complain to police because they believed they were actually being healed. Can't, can't you combine the two? Can't you give like a Latin... You could do a Latin exorcism and be slapping people at the same time. You could be going something like, Sancte Michal Archangeli. Defend us not in pralio e contra necrosidium. I don't know, but the pastor is now in Sydney. Okay. Okay. Is Sydney happy about that? I, <laughs> he is now delivering the enslaved from the bondage of the evil one. He's got a lot of work to do in Australia. I can assure you, you could spend a month out there and not break that. It <laughs> wouldn't even scratch the surface. Ms. Show us your visa. Alleged pastor Moyo asked people to line up at the Auckland exorcism, told them to close their eyes. That's how it starts. And then started slapping and punching them in the face and chest. That's how your brother brother was born. Yeah. I see how that is. (laughs) So the next time you want an exorcism, or maybe later tonight. How many times has a pastor said, I'm sure a pastor has said, close your eyes. I'm oh, gonna, no, no, cast no, out, no, no, too soon in the show. Too soon. too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> that brings to the conclusion the round of ghosts. That seems to go on forever, by the way. Ghosts and hauntings. We now move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. A bizarre video has been released by conspiracy theorists, which they believe shows obvious alien movement in a crater on the moon. The strange footage, which was captured through a telescope, appears to show a moving object emerging from the crater momentarily before suddenly disappearing again. The video uploaded by US-based UFO investigators Secure Team 10 has now had more than 19,000 views on Facebook since yesterday. Tyler from Secure Team said the amazing footage that you just saw showing some obvious movement and activity happening in a crater caught by an amateur astronomer, could well go down in their history books that there is currently activity on the moon. Tyler also discusses whether the strange object could actually be a human base on the moon, although believes it is more likely to be evidence of alien life. Surprisingly, viewers were divided over the footage. One YouTube user wrote, To be honest, I think humans were already up there too, trying to build a colony and doing research. Another added, aliens have built bases on planets and absorbed energy from the sun. They are living in our moon. 
If you had the technology to travel vast distances and set up bases on any planet or moon anywhere, why would you pick ours? It's dry, it's dusty, it's uninteresting, it's made of cheese, we've got telescopes looking at it. It seems very odd if you could go anywhere, do anything, go to any planet, any moon, any galaxy, any universe, you would choose that little bit of rock that's going around our Earth at the moment. Do you yes. think that's bizarre? Yes. If you wish to see the little alien popping his head out of a crater, going to the shops. It's to, like whack-a-mole. To buy, it is. <laughs> Every time an alien pokes his head out of a crater, he gets hit by a mallet. If you wish to see such wondrous, <laughs> joyous jewels of UFO YouTube footage, you can go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I've got a mysterious green light in Southern California sky baffles onlookers. In Los Angeles, a green light streaked across the night sky over Southern California and left witnesses baffled. And even experts were short on firm answers as to the cause of the display. Several residents of San Bernardino County and the surrounding region reported spotting the mysterious green light in the sky between 9.30 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Tuesday. And at least one of the residents shared dashboard camera footage of the mystery light. Dr. Edwin Krupp of the Griffith Observatory said the green light may have been interplanetary debris that caught fire to create a meteor while entering the atmosphere. He said the object may have also been man-made debris from a previous space launch. Sounds like swamp gas, if you ask it's me. It's a weather have, balloon. Have yeah. you ever seen debris come back into the... No. I have. No. And it is, it is, there is a lot of green, but it's rainbow colors. Rainbow yeah. colors. Oh, mm-hmm. well, this one was green. Well, there's Supposedly. all kinds of strange metals. Copper burning up and things would go green, wouldn't they? All kinds of metals would go green if they came back into the I atmosphere. I want to believe it was a UFO. Leave me alone. It's California. If it's like the stories <laughs> from Las Vegas, it's an aeroplane coming into land and they're all smoking weed. Well, Krupp said there is a strong possibility that the object completely burned up in the atmosphere, meaning it may never be conclusively identified. We'll never, ever know. There are more questions than answers. A dad of two claims he was left terrified after he was photobombed in a holiday snap by what appears to be an alien. Andy Bagnall's wife, Tonya, took a snap of the 35-year-old as their National Express coach stopped off at a service station on the way home from a family trip to the Isle of Wight. But when he uploaded the photos to his computer, he was stunned to spot a strange creature with a large head and startling black eyes lurking behind his right shoulder, looking like a silver alien from out of space. I guess the bus driver was French. (laughs) The extraterrestrial being left Andy completely baffled and petrified, and he has refused to travel by coach ever since. Due to aliens, I don't use coaches or buses anymore, apparently. Due to aliens, I don't go to a proctologist anymore. (laughs) And he said, I noticed the freaky shape over my shoulder in the photo when I uploaded it to my computer. There wasn't anybody on the coach at the time the photo was taken, so I have no idea what could have caused it. It looks like an alien is photobombing me. It actually looks like Paul, 
from the yes, Simon Pegg film. Yeah. It looks exactly like mm-hmm. that. And in his partner, Tonya, on their way home, when the snap was taken after spending the Easter holidays visiting family. The coach stopped at the service station in Oxford and everyone on board got off to go inside, including the driver. Andy and Tonya stayed near the coach to smoke and decided to take some photos on their phone. When they got home, the couple uploaded the photos to their computer and noticed a creepy face staring out of the window. The alien appears in two of the photos and seems to move from one photo to the next. Andy said, when I saw the face, it really creeped me out. I called National Express to see if they could explain it, but they couldn't say what it was. But as long as he's paid his fare apparently. If you wish to see Paul the creepy alien photobombing a photograph on the Isle of Wight on a coach, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? There has been a new incredible jellyfish species discovered. What does it taste like? This is the first question. Whenever an animal has been in taste of grape, does it Grape, Grape jelly. jello. I see what you've done. <laughs> Don't Scient- encourage her. You're enabling her. Look at the two of you are colluding. Scientists exploring the depths of the Mariana Trench have come across an otherworldly looking creature. The eye-catching deep-sea jellyfish, which looks like something out of the James Cameron science fiction movie The Abyss, is both beautiful and mysterious in equal measure. It was filmed 2.3 miles beneath the surface of the sea at the Enigma Seamount in the Mariana Trench using a special remote-operated vehicle called Deep Discoverer. While I've the... seen a film called Deep Discoverer. No. Okay. <laughs> Do continue. <laughs> I was stopped short there quickly, wasn't I? That was a full stop. While little is known about this enigmatic denizen of the deep, researchers believe that it is likely to be an ambush predator that waits with its tentacles outstretched for an unwary victim to pass by. Put the money in the bag and no one gets hurt. Things like jellyfish are very difficult to find because when they die, they get battered into the waves. So nothing gets washed up on the shore because it gets destroyed. They're so delicate in structure. They don't get washed up on the beach like you discover like a conger eel or a whale on the beach. Do you see what I mean? They just won't make it. And they're at such deep depths that if you bring it to the surface with the pressure, they'll also get destroyed. So there's a lot of animals down there made of jelly, invertebrae, that we've never seen before. Because when would you see them? How would you see them? This is fabulous news, and I shall give you points for adding to the number of animals there are in the animal kingdom i have a story that says a tourist has died after being hit by a train while searching for a mythical beast known as the pope lick monster the what the pope lick monster okay i'll say it again in a creepy voice the pope lick monster raquel bain 26 was thrown 80 foot to the ground after she was struck whilst hunting for the creature that is said to live beneath a railway bridge in louisville usa the tragic incident happened after mrs baines ventured out into the tracks of the norfolk southern railway with her boyfriend on saturday according to the courier general Urban legend, the half-man, half-goat, is unusually named because it lives beneath a railway trestle by Pope Lick Creek. There must be a joke in there somewhere, but this isn't the round not for your mother and Heather's already stopped me. But the couple apparently didn't know the seemingly abandoned railway bridge is still in use, which locals claims is a common mistake that officials have warned people about over the years. 
Police said the couple tried to get out of the way of the oncoming train after spotting it speeding towards them on the bridge. I'm no expert, but would you not hear, or at least feel, a train thundering down the tracks towards you? Are they, are they silent? You'd get some sort of sense of rumbling, wouldn't you? The ground I would be shaking so. a couple of minutes before it even got to you, and the driver must have some sort of horn and see them. <laughs> I find the only thing I can think of is you're on a bridge investigating, and the train's coming along, and there's literally nowhere to go. Because what I think happened was that the guy jumped off the bridge and was hanging, and I don't think she had anywhere left to go. Do you see what I mean? Because they were on a bridge at the time with the Pope Lick monster under the bridge. Yeah. To get Billy Goat's gruff. That's exactly where I was going. You had to bring a goat with you, apparently. Deputy Coroner Jack Arnold said, it's just so sad. A pretty young girl had her life in front of her. It's just so preventable. The Pope Lick monster has inspired several films and TV programs, including the 1988 independent short film, The Legend of the Pope Lick Monster. Despite the legend of the mythical beast dating back nearly three decades, there has never been any confirmed sightings of the creature except on a National Express coach coming back from the Isle of Wight in a service station in Oxford. Apparently, they were going to the sanitarium at Waverley Hills and they decided to stop off on the way. So it's very interesting you had a story about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And they were actually going there and they stopped off on the way to investigate the half-goat half-man monster called the Pope Lick Monster. Fabulous, fabulous times. We run into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre. Not to read out in any other round, but are too good not to put them out live on air. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? You are currently on four points and everything is to play for. We're on late enough at night where people wouldn't be eating, right? Or drinking? I'm sure there'll be someone out there who's currently trying to put down a courgette. Great. A group of Victorian brewers have come up with a naval way of making beer. By growing yeast from a strain from your belly button fluff and savoring the results. Belly button fluff beer. Yes. (laughs) Why is the fluff in your belly button always a different color to any of your shirts and jumpers? That's what I want to know. While the idea of belly button beer may be stomach turning for some, I'd say most, actually. Wasn't there a story about three years ago of a woman who made cheese from different parts of her body bacteria? Yeah. Do you recall? Yeah. It was like armpit cheese and other. Yeah, yeah, we won't go there. Not good news. Seven Cent Brewery co founder Doug Bremner said the yeast strains were carefully studied and grown to ensure they were actually sterile. I can't imagine how gross. It's perfectly safe. Yeast is yeast. This beer is no different to any other beer out there. That's not true. It's not made from belly button I've never seen that ever. I've never seen Carlsberg, probably the best belly button (laughs) yeast beer in the world. I don't normally drink belly button beer, but when I do... It's your belly button. It's my belly button beer. (laughs) Stay thirsty, my friends. Uh, The friends tested the first batch themselves. Well, that was convenient. Do you test your own or each other's? Do you think? Do you see where we are? Yours is a little sweet. Greg, have a rake around. We'll we'll start start our brewing business. It's a little tart. You're a little tart. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it, too. Yeah. (laughs) 
We weren't really sure if this was going to work or not, um, but we were really stoked when we found out it did. Confident in their processes and research, they weren't overly worried about being guinea pigs. Mine tasted better when it had a slice of orange in it. I thought I you think were they're gonna... doing more than just beer. Oh God, I thought they're you doing said guinea mine... pigs now as well. Apparently, how many guinea pigs would you have to squeeze to make a pint of guinea pig beer? Oh, gross. The process of isolating your own yeast strain involves swabbing samples of each other's brewer's belly buttons. See, I told you it was gross. And getting our full science on by streaking out samples in those little They're going to have to charge a lot dishes. for that beer for all the time they're putting into it. Well, that's been... a lot of fluff to make some beer, isn't it? We've, you'd need a ball like Indiana Jones. You'd be running through a cave with a giant limp belly button ball chasing after you as you're running through the undergrowth, clutching an Amazon icon in your hands. After allowing the plates to incubate, isn't that fun? We found all sorts of interesting things growing, including what appeared to be colonies of yeast. Positive controls were used to help us identify the yeast colonies, and negative controls were used to ensure our techniques were, in fact, sterile. Wow. I came back from the Greek islands when aggressive... And were sterile? No. (laughs) Wow. What a weekend that was. I was dehydrated for a month. I was going to (laughs) say... An aggressive yeast infection picked up in the Greek islands. You can now brew your own beer. Yay! It's a joy, isn't it? (laughs) Um, The the unusual idea was inspired by beard beer made from yeast from a rogue brewer's beard in Oregon. As for how many belly button beer tastes, um, the brewery has described it as being in style of a new world-ish Belgian-ish Wit beer, full bodied, fresh orange (laughs) jest. See, I told you there was oranges in it. I knew. And toasted coriander seeds. Mm. You found toasted coriander seeds in your belly button. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. I told you. Enjoy your beer, folks. Yay. Cheers. Fantastic. (laughs) Good news. I have a story that says a farmer has spoken of his shock after he found a newborn goat had a face of a human baby. It's the baby of the Pope Lick Monster, I tell you. Ibrahim Basir shared his pictures of what people have claimed is a fawn, the mythical fusion of a goat and a human, after it was born in a village of Felder in southern Malaysia. The kid did not last very long after its birth, and its carcass has now been handed over to the Veterinary Services Department. Villagers offered Mr. Bazir 63 money for the carcass. They're going to make beer from this. But instead, he decided to hand it over to the experts to enable them to carry out an investigation on the strange-looking kid. Has an amorous, drunken Malaysian man broken into a petting zoo, I hear you ask? Every single person listening to this show was thinking that. I didn't think it. Every single person listening to this show was thinking this. Ibrahim told, don't make me exercise you live on air because I'm feeling a demon coming out right now. I can feel it swelling up. Are you feeling there's something dark in there that's looking to get out? Because I can help you with that right now, live on air. I'll even take my headphones off and take a run up. My philanthropy knows no bounds at this stage. Ibrahim told local media he was initially shocked when he found out that one of his goats has given birth to a kid that had the features of a human baby. He said he was earlier informed by one of his farm workers, Mr. Abdul Samad, 50, that some parts of the baby goat looked like a human infant. 
He said, when I went to check, I was quite shocked, but fascinated too, as its face, nose, short legs, and even the condition of its soft body seemed like that of a human baby, whereas the light brown fur covering its whole body resembled that of a goat. He added that despite the features, the fawn-like creature did not have any umbilical cord. Ibrahim said he believed it was trampled by its mother and added we kept the carcass in a polystyrene box filled with ice cubes before taking it to the district veterinary office at around noon yesterday. By that evening, they had actually caught a 150-pound carp with it. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? Paramount Pictures is getting sued over copyright of the Klingon language. Oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> I just, there's people got nothing better to do in life. Let's tape a Cornish pasty to my head with duct tape and we'll talk in a strange language and then get sued for it 50 years after the event. A group called the Language Creation Society is suing Paramount Pictures in federal court over its copyright of the Klingon language from the television series Star Trek arguing that it is a real language and therefore not subject to copyright. Uh, what? <laughs> the suit filed by, Mar- by Mark Rendaza and the Language Creation Society argues that while Paramount Pictures created Klingon, the language has taken on a life of its own. A group called the Language Creation Society claims in U.S. federal court that Paramount Pictures lacks the yab-bang-chut... Don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I don't speak Klingon. No, I don't think you are, Kim. I'd put more emphasis on the lower part of the... <laughs> yeah, like you look at me as if I know any Klingon. I can or speak a bit of Italian, if that translated, helps. that is mind property law. Okay. Necessary to claim copyright over the Klingon language. Randazza wrote in the brief's description. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the issue had previously been brought up in a lawsuit between Paramount Pictures and CBS over a crowdfunded Star Trek fan film that made use of the language. Paramount countered CBS's claim that Klingon was not copyrightable as a useful system by arguing that the language was entirely fictitious and did not have a practical use. This argument is absurd since a language is only useful if it can be used to communicate with people. And there are no Klingons with with, with whom to communicate. But what about are, Worf? What about Wolf? Isn't he a Klingon? He is half mm-hmm. Klingon, I'm led See? to believe. Yes, but the point is that two people that aren't Klingon can still communicate with one another in Klingon. If I met another person mm-hmm. who was British that could speak Italian, we can both speak to each other in Italian, but neither of us are Italian. Do you see where we are? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's evolved, isn't it? I mean, every, it is available. There is Rosetta Stone. Learn Klingon? Klingon. Yeah, first lesson is we have your wife. Oh. <laughs> or is that Arabic? I often get confused. The Klingon language is wholly fictitious, original, and copyrightable, and defendants' incorporation of that language in their works will be part of the court's eventual substantial similarity analysis. Well done. Points just for that sentence. The Language Creation Society sought to counter this thinking by noting that the Klingon language was used to replace the use of English or a series of guttural sounds in the second season. That would would have been the British part. I had to learn Latin when I was at school. (laughs) There's nothing better than learning dead languages, is there, in your language? Lessons at school. Their claim is that what what is a language other than a procedure, process, or system for communication? What is a language is about vocabulary but a collection of words. The vocabulary and grammar rules of a language provide instructions for a speaker to articulate thoughts and ideas. 
One cannot disregard grammatical rules and still be intelligible, and creating one's own vocabulary only worked well for the bard. You just know there's a lot of attorneys out there making a lot of money from this. They have their own language, too. They do. Anything you'd like to elaborate on that? No, okay, we'll move on. A man named Sergei in Dorgavis, Latvia, said he was recently taken hostage by a beaver during a late-night stroll through the city streets. Get in the car and no one gets hurt. Sergei said the beaver jumped out of the shadows and sunk its teeth into one of his legs. After a brief struggle, Sergei found himself pinned on his back by the rodent. And every time he would try to get up, the beaver would bite him. Sergei said he managed to pull his cell phone out of his pocket and call the Latvian equivalent of 911. But thinking it was a prank call, they hung up on him. He then called a friend <laughs> who decided to help, but only after some convincing that the situation was real. However, that friend was pulled over for speeding on his way to help Sergei. And wouldn't you know it, police didn't buy the story that a man was speeding late at night because his friend was being held hostage by a beaver on the city streets. <laughs> so they made Sergei's pal take a breathalyzer test. Oh, he passed and police eventually came to the conclusion that he was telling the truth. By this stage, the guy's just down to his kneecaps. He's lost both legs below the knees. Mm. Animal welfare officers were called to the scene where they said this man will never have slippers bought for him at Christmas ever again. And the beaver eventually backed away from Sergei before escaping into the night. Sergei wound up needing 15 stitches in his leg and presumably a stiff drink. He also lost $30 in his wallet and his wristwatch. When beavers go bad, coming to the Discovery Channel this summer. Heather, wind up tonight's <laughs> stories for me in the strange and the bizarre. You need the points. Well, did you know that sniffing farts makes you live longer? <laughs> well, everyone around this table is going to live to a ripe old age. Well, I know we've done a story similar to that, but did you know that doing them actually prevents dementia as well. <laughs> really? I'm as sharp so as a tack. you need to be the giver, not the receiver? <laughs> I guess so. That's never been said on this show before. So you could actually live longer. Yes. And avoid dementia. Yes, if you let them rip. By bubbling up the ghost. That's right. So I could sit here now, live don't on air. It. You know what? I, I don't mind forgetting a few things. I really don't. <laughs> Well, let's forget that you've scored five points tonight. How would that be? I'm going to make everyone around this table live longer. <laughs> there you go. I put five minutes on your life. Kim, go and have a cigarette. You'll be in credit because I've just given you two minutes. <laughs> it all evens out. Every time you have a cigarette, that's me sorted back to level pegging. Two Great. minutes taken off my life for a cigarette. They're two minutes back again. The oh. good Lord giveth. And the good Lord taketh away. And that's why you're a doctor. Farting helps us live longer and keeps our friends healthy. See, you were trying to keep your friends healthy, weren't Everyone you? Everyone around this table is in the full flush of good health. Yeah, we're in something. Say, Trump studying Devon scientist. And by Trump, they're talking about flatulence. Oh, no, so I've done a not, Donald. Not a Donald. I'm going to no. squeeze out a Donald any minute. Eh? <laughs> Don't do it. Oh. Yes, according to boffins at Exeter University, breaking wind actually prolongs your life. And the smellier the stink bomb, the better the medicine. Well, Gross. I haven't got a wrinkle on my face. My face hasn't a single wrinkle on it. 
Honestly, I've got baby smooth skin. I You've have. got something. The bum burp brain boxes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want. I read that, the bum burp. I want that for my birthday. <laughs> a bum burp. I want a bum burp brain box, please. Uh, reckon... And a fanny magnet. <laughs> oh, God. The, uh, <laughs> the bum burp brain boxes reckon heart attacks, strokes, and even cancer can be staved off by the Trumps. Not Donald. You could um, be walking around a hospital wing where people have the worst just injuries. Just letting them go. You could pull the curtains around. The poor guy next to you, he's been given the last rites. <laughs> he's got the worst cancers ever imaginable. They pull the curtains around. You walk in very solemnly. <laughs> there you go. Arise, my child. There. Oh, no. Pick up thy bed and walk. <laughs> there. And your friend. It's all because the gas which leaves the body in a toot has been linked to the control of inflammation. Did you know that? So if you feel a little inflamed, you got to let them go. Professor Matt Whiteman of University of Exeter's Medical School said, when cells become stressed by disease, they draw in enzymes to generate minute quantities of hydrogen sulfide. This keeps the mitochondria ticking over and allows cells to live. If this doesn't happen, the cells die and lose the ability to regulate survival and control inflammation. There will be somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. whether it's Tanya in Australia or David in California, who's Letting currently right now? listening to this show in bed with their loved one. And giving each other a Dutch oven. <laughs> I was just going to say, this article, this research had to have been done by men. They would find any reason, excuse to be able to do it publicly. You know Dutch what that you know ovens. what that means, don't you, kid? <laughs> that means that you've just implicated Greg. Seeing yes. that, yes, I see. <laughs> so live on air, you're now suggesting that Greg is actually keeping you young and healthy on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I see where we are. Okay. Don't get mad when I pull the covers over your head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. All those people listening to this show in bed at the moment, mm-hmm. Dr. Lee now says you have permission, okay? <laughs> and it's it's all for you, sweetheart. Everything's about you. It's all about you, sweetheart. Uh-huh. I'm going to make you fit and healthy. <laughs> Here we go. Great. There. We have... Your stigmatism's clearing up. <laughs> we have exploited this natural process by making a compound. They actually made a compound called AP39, which slowly delivers very small amounts of this gas specifically to the mitochondria. Hang on, I'm going to go and have an AP39. <laughs> Greg's going to have a gym. I'm going to have an AP39. Usually walk them out. Walk it out. I'm walking out an AP39. <laughs> this sounds like military terms. When or, I was or back... the name of a star. <laughs> <laughs> when you wish upon a star. Look up there, sweetheart. Look, there's AP39. <laughs> Very celestial. It's very healing. The stars are very healing. (laughs) Our results indicate that if stress cells are treated with AP39, mitochondria are protected and cells stay alive. So your cells will stay alive if you just let the gas in. So if you're getting a few wrinkles, if your skin's looking lifeless, (laughs) you see where we're going. I could actually, you know, make that happen. Not only can I exercise your demons... I could remove one or two of those little lines there, those laughter lines. We move into the final round of the evening, which means you're very clever and tech-savvy because you have now found our archives. The round is called Not For Your Mother. It's a round we can't read out live 
on air for fear of offending people being removed and being fined. If your mother's in the room, you need to remove her if she's easily offended. If there's any minors, they need to be shuffled off to bed with cookies and a glass of milk. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? An angel. Ah. That's an angel, is it? That's that's the universal. (laughs) So on the moment I'm on my deathbed... And I'm having You're my death rattle, it. and I've got the last flailing minutes as all my bodily organs break I'll let down. I'll AP 39 out. You'll You're, be fine. And I get, ah! <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. And what it turns out, actually, is it's the beginning of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, God, don't do it, my ear. <laughs> well, an angel, locals believe, fell from the sky. And it turns out that it's actually a sex toy. It's a sex toy. Yes. With wings playing a carp. <laughs> In Indonesia, a small village was excited after what they believed to be an angel from heaven was found on the beach at Bengai. Bengai? Yes. Okay. Only to find out the human-like figure they fussed about was a sex toy. So it fell out of an aeroplane? Mm, I don't know where it fell from. I couldn't tell I you. I like the way they say a small village in Indonesia, like there's big towns and cities. Everything's a small village. <laughs> <laughs> the life-size inflatable sex doll was found by a 21-year-old fisherman on March 12, three days after the solar eclipse. Who'd been praying for a woman for the last four days. Yes, and Perfect. I think he thinks that his... Prayers were answered. answered. Yes, for many in the world's most populous Muslim-majority country, the solar eclipse was viewed as a spiritual experience, and a large number flocked to the mosques to say special prayers, thinking it was an angel. The fisherman... Did you want to do the noise? Ah. What, Star Trek? Yeah. Uh, the fisherman A five-year the- <laughs> mission to boldly go where no man has gone before. To the sex doll. To the sex doll That's on right. the beach. The fisherman took the doll home to his village. Where he never got a Klingon. Where it was taken care of like a real human being. <laughs> Until they realised yeah. its nose was running. <laughs> the village buzz caught the attention of local police who then went to visit the so-called angel. Only then did everyone discover it was actually an inflatable doll. Why only then? I think the inflatable dolls got a leak by the sounds that Heather's making. I know, right? (laughs) So it was checked by one of our... Oh no, the valve's gone. Well, just listen, it was actually checked by one of our team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who then found out it was a sex... What they do, give her a once-over, said the area's police To chief. be fair, the hair did look real. Uh, the parents of the fisherman changed the doll's clothes every day <laughs> and was given a blouse and a hi- hijab. A what? I'm sorry. I'll take one of those. (laughs) I know Greg always goes for the low job, but I thought I'd try a high job this week. This was a way to take care of it while it slowly deflated. Oh, yep. That was the noise, just like the balloon. (laughs) If they'd have farted around, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. It would have kept inflated. There we go. I want to know. So all angels look like inflatables. What set of circumstances are put into place where... A sex toy falls out of the sky. Someone in a balloon or in an aircraft has had to throw that out, haven't they? They were well, doing their best to be part of the Mile High Club. I don't know. Why can't a sex doll be blown up with helium? I don't know how heavy they are. How how heavy is a sex doll? I have doll? no idea. I, I have don't no know. Idea. Research has to be undertaken. 
<laughs> we need a sex doll and a canister of helium, Greg. Go. <laughs> I think if you, you can get to Mankato before the shop shut. <laughs> it's open 24. <laughs> <laughs> Emergencies only. There's a drive-through window. I'll take the jelly green giant, the lube. I'll take the angel sex doll and I'll have a canister of helium, please. It's going to be a long night. That's terrible. I want a drive through sex shop. This is where we are. Fill up the trunk. It's a Come dr- and go. Oh, no. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, oh, good is why it's called not for your mother. An angler claims to have caught a fish on his penis after swimming naked in a Russian river. Oh, this God. is hilarious. Have you seen this video? No. This is brilliant. A video purports to show the macho fisherman emerging from the water with a grayling attached to his manhood. Moments earlier. Isn't it called noodling, where you put it in a hole? Your fist? Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, no. (laughs) No. Some of us are blessed. Moments earlier, he had plunged into a pool his friend said was teeming with fish. The man with the camera called Alexei warned, Be careful. There's a hole there underwater. I've just caught some grayling there. Take care. The naked angler answers, I'm not afraid of them. He plunges into the water, but in a few seconds begins to swear as the fish got attached to his bait. He claims the incident happened as he was swimming naked (sighs) in the river. The angler runs out of the water, covering his groin with his hands, evidently with a live fish attached. Look what I've caught on my worm. It could bite it off, he shouts. The fish is shown later on the ground after it is removed. I bet a lot of tugging went on there. What do you think? Was it a minnow? I'm not showing off, <laughs> but I'm going out next weekend to catch me a muskie. Good times. <laughs> I love this show. If you get a chance to see this video, this is the funniest thing ever. It's a naked man swimming in the water. He shouts out. He runs onto the shore. He's got a huge fish hanging from his gentleman baubles. He went for the bait and he jumps out of the water. It's noodling, I tell you. This is noodling. It's not good for you to do that, is it? Isn't it in India or somewhere where they have the little fish that'll actually go up your urethra? Yes, up your urethra, Franklin. They've got little barbs. They'll go up there. They'll and you spend... could die from it. Yes, they have all-night parties. They keep you awake. The neighbours are asleep next door. They're making lots of noise. It's terrible. It is. It's difficult to get them out because they're barbed. You can't get them out. You have to wee through a tea strainer or a colander because if you wee near the water they swim up your stream and uh make home yes, yes it's a not nice good little news. nest yes there. it's not a good thing to have a fish up your eye hole i'm led to believe there's worse <laughs> but you thing. can have one attached but you can have one attached and that's fine <laughs> hurrah and funny hilarious <laughs> if you get a chance to see this video i recommend it so now facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee i'd go and view that before it gets removed Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Well, I'm thinking maybe your fisherman should have been wearing some of these. We have sexy wolf's head crotch underwear for men. Wolf's head. Wolf's head. Nice. Apparently, and I don't know who's speaking here. My article doesn't say, so I'm quoting. Apparently, it's my job here at Dangerous Minds to inform our dear readers about the latest trends in men's underwear. A few weeks ago, I directed your eyes towards sexy knitted elephant and snake underwear for men. I knit it. Hang on. Let's let's back up. Let's back up a second. Knitted underwear. Now, the trouble with wool 
it's, it's very itchy. That's the first thing. So wool is itchy. I don't want knitted wool underwear. When I was a little boy, my grandmother used to knit voraciously. She would say to my mother, don't buy him that. I'd say to my mum, I want this for Christmas. I want that for Christmas. I'd have a Christmas list. My grandmother would go up to my mum and say, don't get him that. I'll knit him. So every Christmas present I ever wanted that I saw in the shops that was fabulous. How'd that guitar work out for you? It went badly. My grandmother knitted all my Christmas presents, which was terrible. I was the only boy in East London who was riding around on a knitted bike. Now, the point is, she knitted me a swimming costume. So I had knitted. Right, so I'm out in the sea. It's the English Channel. It's a little bit cold and choppy out there. What happens to wool when it gets wet? I come out of the ocean, out of the sea. I've got me gusset hanging round by me knees. Everything's hanging out. Never, ever knit someone's swimming costume. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Point this taken. is where we are. Okay, let's back that up. So the first thing's first, knitted underwear, not the way to go. All right. So the sexy knitted elephant and snake underwear for men, and this week it's wolf's head underwear. I mean, I totally thought I couldn't tap my last underwear post, but here I am, blogging about wolf's head underwear. You can get these men's Fashion Wolf underwear 3D print boxer shorts from China through Amazon. Here's the description on Amazon. 3D Wolf pattern print underwear make man look sexy and wild. Only on a full moon, though. (laughs) The wide waist design make man comfortable, no tight feeling. Make man comfortable. Me travel many miles, see very rough. (laughs) Me have knitted underwear. You two pork chops. You convex design, large space and breathable. Breathable is important. Yeah. Mm. High quality material and great handwork. Perfect gift to boyfriend or husband. <laughs> great great hand handwork. Work. Nice handwork, Greg. Perfect. If you're dying to get a pair, they're only $20.99 for a set of three. Three. Now, now I got a question for you. I actually thought of a joke for you. Hungry like the wolf. Now, <laughs> what do you call it if you lose one of your wolf under pairs of underwear? What do you call it? Mm-hmm. I've given up. No. Werewolf? Oh, controversial. Uh, I thought there was a joke in there about a Russian contraceptive when we were going to go Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, uh, I actually saw these underwear. They're cool. What, what do they look like? Is it just like a wolf's head on the front of your business? Yes, and um, depending on your attributes makes the nose either really pug you could have someone that has a pug wolf nose or a long snout. Do you see what I mean? It could have both in theory. It could start out one. Well, and then, for some. Yeah. And yeah. Then well, it could end up howling by the end of the night. Howling wolf. I, I can only talk from personal experience. I can't account for everyone around the They room. looked cool, just saying. Really? If you took yes. the wolf under the chin, that's where we need to be, is it? Yes. Okay. That's true. That's very true. Perfect. What have you got to finish off the round of Not For Your Mother? I've got happiness. Happiness. You've yes. been looking all your life for happiness. I have been. Yes, and now you've found it. I have been. And you're going to love this story. Waiting all week to give it to you. There's an unfortunate man who has been bitten on his happiness. Happiness. By a venomous spider. Okay. And he wants someone to take away the pain but keep the swelling. The toilet. The toilet. Oh, for the love of God. God, I've been doing my business over the edge of the bath. I don't often do a Tommy in the bath, but when I do, I poke it down with a stick. Oh. Stay thirsty, my friends. What this Porter John lacked in toilet paper, it made up for in venomous spiders. And it was a venomous one, too. 
Who's sucking the poison out of that? That's a bad state of affairs. The nurse. Mm. A 21-year-old Australian man was hospitalized Wednesday after a red-back spider Mm. attacked his penis while he was using the portable toilet. (laughs) Only a woman could laugh at that. No man in the room is laughing. Greg's not laughing. I'm not laughing. Nippy, nippy. I know. Uh, While paramedics were called to the scene, the man somehow managed to transport himself to the hospital despite the poisonous bite. And the swelling. He has now been released and is reportedly in stable condition. Now, we can only hope he has plenty of ice packs and is receiving comforting sorry about your penis cards from loved ones. He and the spider are now engaged and looking to get married in the summer. (laughs) Redback spider bites are highly venomous and can cause severe pain, nausea, excessive sweating and swelling, and even convulsions. That sounds like my wedding night. Read them out again. (laughs) Read that list out again and think Um, of your wedding night. Severe pain. Yep. Nausea. Uh Uh-huh. Excessive sweating. Oh, there was some. (laughs) And convulsions. Yeah, all of those things. Happy days. Happiness. However, bites are rarely deadly and an antivenom was developed in the early 1950s. So lucky for him. You just have to plop it in. Only a female so redback. <laughs> put it. I say, Kim. Wow. <laughs> Drop. Put it inside her. <laughs> Controversial. Only a female redback spider is poisonous, which is pretty poetic. In this case, I told you they're going to get married and have it eight thousand kids. Woman one, she just nipped it. That's it. Is it? Yeah. Only, only the women around this table are finding that funny. Toilet. <laughs> just looking at you guys' faces gives you a laugh. Attacking toilet. I find it remarkable that a fairly benign action like going to use a porta toilet in Australia, this man is now famous all over the world. When he went to that toilet, I bet he never thought that two days later he was going to have a story read out with his name on it on the international news all around the world. Oh. It just shows you, doesn't it, how you know your life I don't think I gave you his name, twists. just his body part. So he doesn't even get his name read out. Despite all no. that, he doesn't Happiness. get his name read out. No. Poor man, if you're out there in Australia and wish to have your name read out <laughs> live or more questions and answers, then you know how to contact. Tanya's from Australia. She must know him. She probably does. <laughs> good times. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Greg who scored one point. David is on two. Heather's on five. I'm on six. And in resplendent first place on seven points with the $33,000 IR camera is Kim. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and AP39. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can also join my Twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember now we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in our archives in a round called not for your mother if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mq ta radio you will come across the round that we can't read out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a large fine it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting. Good night.